right, man, we're in the last chapter of Romans. Can I get a whoop whoop? <laughs> we made it, right? Like Romans has been a rich and thick uh, book that we've uh, we started way before Easter, and and uh, we've gone all the way here through the end of August. Can't believe it's the end of August. It's crazy um, that we are here. Uh, hey, uh, so let me let you know something before I get into the message. Um, this morning, I'm just grateful for God's grace because it is good um, that like uh, I'm I'm able to preach this morning. I'm going to do my best because I've been fighting uh, and battling a kidney stone since last night. And like, so, yeah, those of you who know, you're like, oh, so you can be praying for Tim. I've taken the proper pain medications and nausea medication, so I'm medicated, but sometimes it's fun when Tim preaches with a little bit of medication. Um, So (laughs) we'll see how that goes. And so uh, I figure if Paul can get arrested, thrown in jail, beaten up, and then keep preaching the gospel, I can too. So, So, yes, amen. All right. But I will stay seated and right here, holding on to this uh, this morning um, as we go through the message this morning. Um, so, so yeah, we're ending the book of Romans. If it's your first time with us, uh, this is what we do. We, we teach you books of the Bible. We want you to understand God's Word. We want you to learn God's Word. We want you to hide it in your mind, hide it to your heart so it changes the way you live, right? It goes to your hands. And, um, and that's what we do around here. Um, so we have been digging deep into the book of Romans. Chapter 16 is all about... Friends, that's what it's about. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, now we also do this thing called a reading plan. You should have been handed. I believe you were handed one of those. Hold that up for me, the new reading plan, if you can, so I can make sure you got it. There you go. So we are starting a brand new series next Sunday called "Unlocking Your Purpose." Um, we're going to give you four keys that we believe are in the process of helping you unlock God's purpose in your life. And it, these are the things that we do here at New Hope to help you on that journey. And so September is going to be a little bit different. It's not a book of the Bible, but we know that there's a lot of you that started showing up over the summer and you, you're new to the church. And we know getting back into things after a summer and you know trying to get into healthy routines in the fall, kids going back to school, all that stuff. Uh, we want to have a good starting pay, place for all of us. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. So you're going to be starting a new reading plan tomorrow. Uh, it'll be up on our website by tomorrow morning, and, um, and, or you can just use the printed copy. Um, so yeah, so we want you to spend time in God's Word, and that's what that is. It's a reading plan for you to read a scripture, spend time uh, you know, figuring out what God is speaking to you in that scripture, praying, and, um, and that's, that's when we really you know, connect with God on a personal level, which is awesome. And on that, we also do this thing that is, uh, is a memory verse because we want to remember, right? We, when, when life, you know, gets going and things start going crazy, it, we need to have God's Word ready. And so that's not like trying to find it and hunt it down, but we hide it in our heads, right? We, we memorize it. And, um, and so this is the last time we're doing this one, Romans 12, um, verse 2. We're going to read this one out loud together. Everybody ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a good will. It's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. And, uh, and he wants us to learn it. He wants us to understand it and walk into it and, um, and let him transform us from the inside out. The Holy Spirit's work in us to walk into that more and more every day. Amen? Amen. Okay, so today we are in Romans chapter 16. I would encourage you, always bring your Bibles with you, or if you have an app on your phone you use for the Bible, turn with me to Romans 16. And I'm going to say, if you are able to stand, we stand when we read God's Word. So if you can stand with, well, not with me, I'm staying seated. But if, 
if you can, if you're able to stand, go ahead and stand. And uh, as I read um, parts, I'm going to read parts of chapter 16 in Romans as we get into the message today. So this is Paul, and it's his final greetings um, in the book of Romans. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centria, that you uh, may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prissa and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my um, beloved Epinetendentikritika. Um, some of these names are hard, right? And I'm medicated. So Ep- Epinetes, um, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked f- hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelitus, uh, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ, and, uh, and my beloved Statius. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis. Is everybody doing okay? All right, just want to make sure. Um, Greet the beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and also his mother who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Eccentricus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philogagagaga, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Um, All the churches of Christ greet you. I'm going to skip down to verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater and my kinsmen and Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Cordus, greet you. God, these names are in here for a reason. And Paul had a strong relationship and a kin- kinsmanship, a friendship. And today we want to learn from, from what Paul has written, and we want to honor the names of the people he has honored in your word. And so today I pray that you would use um, your word, use whatever words you give to me this morning by the power of your spirit to teach and to preach, and that we would all be willing to hear whatever we need to hear personally, God. Today you have something to say to each of us, <clears throat> and we're trusting that you will speak it clearly, and our hearts would be open to hear what you have to say. We just thank you in Christ's name. Everybody said amen. 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 Awesome. You can have a seat. That's a lot of names, isn't it? A lot of names. I don't know if you you, um, have any friends that you would call like really good friends. You know those friends that you have shared experiences with and those friends that like when you share a story, they're the ones that know it because they were there with you. You know those kind of friends? And, uh, And you can like laugh about things that other people have no idea because you did it together, or you experienced that together, or those type of friends where you know no matter what you're going on is going on in your life, you're going to be accepted by them. Like, those are good friends, aren't they? Those are the kind of, kind of friends we want. I don't know if you have anyone in your life that, that when you just think about them, or you, you think about their name, and you just smile. Like, it just puts a smile on your face because of just 
the friendship attached to that. I don't know if you have anybody like that where years go by, but the moment you talk to them, it's like you just talked yesterday. Anybody have friends like that? Should I give me your hand if you Okay, some of you have friends like that. That's awesome. Isn't that a blessing to have friends like that? Um, and, and what we're reading here is this is Paul. Paul the apostle, you know, the, the, the guy that God used to travel all over the place and plant churches. And, and we're going to learn some things about Paul because he's talking about friendship. This is what Proverbs says. Um, Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Like friends and brothers, right? Those who are close to you, we, we need them. We need them in our, in our lives. We need those type of friends in our life. And so that's my first fill-in-the-blank, okay? So be ready. Got your fill-in-the-blanks ready? That we all need good friends in God's family. Paul needed it. <laughs> if Paul needed it, we need it. Here's the, here's the cool thing. Jesus needed it. He had good friends, right? He walked and made good friends and stories and, and lived life. Like, if Jesus needed it, maybe you and I need it, right? And so when we read this last chapter, it's not— it's not just a list of names. Like, it's, it's giving us an example of what it can look like in the body of Christ and what we're called to in the body of Christ. Like, when you're part of a church, this is what it can look like, and we all need good friends in God's family. We need these type of people. Um, Paul was not a lone ranger, okay? I think, I think that's been there. Let me see. Yeah, Paul was not a lone ranger, right? He wasn't doing all this stuff by himself. He wasn't traveling, planning churches, ministering, writing letters. Like, he wasn't doing any of it by himself. He always had a group around him. Um, we see in this list, in chapter 16, that there were 26 people who were listed by name and two that were unnamed. That's, all, you know, 28 people that Paul wanted to honor in one of the most, like, deep, theologically, doctrinally rich books. He ended it with, here's all my friends, Right? Like, we need to take note of that. Um, it says in there 23 different times, greet them, right? To greet each other or greet these people or they greet you. This word greet is a really good word. It means to enfold in the arms, to welcome or to salute. Like to enfold, in the, it's like to give somebody a hug, right? It's like greet them, welcome them. They're a part, you know? The, they're in the family. They're connected together. So we see that there's 28 people listed being told to, being folded in the arms to be welcomed, to, to, to greet them. But who are they? Well, 11 times you see the words um, in Christ or in the Lord. So Paul is talking to his friends in the church. He's talking to those who have ministered beside him, who are ministering, who have gone beside him. And so this is what we're talking about. People who are to be honored and greeted inside the church. It's some, some people think that the Bible, especially the New Testament, even Paul, like, was against women, which is ridiculous, because you read this, this, actually, last chapter 16, there are nine different women who are um, listed in this chapter, which is a pretty big deal out of that, 20, 28, and four of them were co-workers in the ministry. Like, Paul was, he loved everybody. Like, he invited everybody to be a part of the story, and to be in the circle, and to be serving and working, and blessing the church, and being a part of that. You read some of the names too. You see Priscilla and Aquila listed there. It says Prissa or Priscilla, the husband and wife team. You see, but this is really cool. Andronicus, Junia, these are people he spent time in prison with. Like, wow. I'm thinking if you do time with people, you probably get to know them, right? Like, <laughs> and the thing is, they weren't arrested because they were bad people. They were God's people doing God's work, and people didn't want them to do God's work, and they were arrested. 
for it. So they were in it together, in the thick of it together. And so imagine just the closeness they had, because they had a shared experience that was like, hey, remember when we went to prison? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and yet we didn't stop, and God showed up, and we sang hymns, and it wasn't that awesome, right? Like that God was still with them. Here's, here's what I want you to, to hear and understand. See, Paul went through all this stuff, and he was shipwrecked. I mean, you just read through his letters, and he did none of it alone. And, um, and this is what I want you to understand this morning. This is a phrase I've used for a long time here at New Hope because you are going to get shipwrecked in life from time to time. You're going to go through things where you get sideswiped. You're going you're to experience hurts and pains. And when those things happen, you need something, okay? And this is what I say. When life goes sideways, you don't need a sermon. You need a someone. Amen? Amen. And that's what he's talking about. Paul had someones. <laughs> he had a lot of them. I mean, this was just a part of the someones he had in his life that were with him and beside him and supporting him and encouraging him and ministering alongside him. And, and so we need the same thing. When, when life goes sideways, you can't just show up, get a sermon, and go home and think, I'm good now. You need some someones beside you, walking with you, encouraging you, spurring you on, challenging you when you need challenged. That is who we need in our life. We need those type of friends in the body of Christ, in God's family, who walk beside us. And then in verse 16, it says, and greet one another with a holy kiss. And all the singles in the room are like, sweet. All right, opportunity, right? Like, it's a joke. All right. <laughs> the thing is, he says, greet him with a holy kiss. Now, we don't do that here, just so you know, okay? So if it's your first time here, don't think, oh, great, this is going to happen on the way out. Like, what's going to happen? It's like, mm, you know, no, thank you. Um, you think about the culture. Every culture is different with how they greet each other. You, you go to certain cultures, and two kisses on each cheek is the way they greet each other, right? It's, it's a sense of welcoming somebody into the closeness of you. And it, we'll talk about, you know, that's a very intimate, like, I'm inviting you into a, a friendship and a relationship so close that we can kiss each other on the cheeks, right? Like, so when we're talking about that holy kiss, this isn't like the mandate. Now every church has to do this. Um, some churches maybe do that, and... If it works in their church culture, fantastic. Um, for us, this just means be welcoming and warm to each other, right? Here at New Hope, if you're new around here, just you know, you're going to see people hugging each other. And, um, and you're going to see guys hugging each other. You see girls hugging each other. Like, that for me is like, that is that warm greeting, you know? It's like, I I'm glad you're here and I'm here. How you doing, brother? How you doing, sister, right? Like, that's what he's talking about. Because these are the someones who invite you in. These are the someones that we need in our life. Um, so point number one is we all need good friends in God's family. Paul needed it. We certainly needed it. Jesus needed it. We certainly need it. The problem is so often we go through life and maybe we can go through church experiences and we go through relationships and we get hurt by people, right? And every time we get hurt, that might build a, a, a little bit more of a wall in relationships, or a little bit more of a barrier, like it's going to take a lot for you to get come near me, right? Kind of a thing. And we build these walls, and, and it's unfortunate that those things happen. And so if that's you, and you've kind of built walls, I'm, I'm going to encourage and challenge you on something. Find the right people who can help tear down those walls in your life. It doesn't mean like immediately be vulnerable with somebody that you've never met before, right? Like, there's foolishness in that because they might hurt you, but it means get close enough to people where you can see who they are and start building a relationship where you can understand their character and, and their integrity and do they really care for you, you know? And 
and start tearing those walls down to have those kind of friendships. Um, that's the challenge for many of us, right, that we have to go through. And we have to choose. It's an intentional decision to say, no, I want some someones around me. When life goes sideways, I want some someones who have my back, right? And so, so yeah, so that's just an encouragement, a side, side note there. So first point, we all need good friends in God's family. All right, we good? We ready? Yeah. Keep going. Um, maybe I'm just going to go through this fast because I don't feel good. So here we go. We'll see. Number two that we learn from this passage is that we choose to honor one another. We choose to. In the body of Christ, we, we make a decision that we are going to honor one another. Okay? Paul is honoring all 28 of these people. I mean, is there a bigger honor than to be listed in Scripture? Like, <laughs> like that's a pretty big deal. There were thousands and thousands of Christians doing lots of ministry and lots of work, and these 28 get mentioned. Talk about honor, you know, honoring people. Paul was honoring all of them. Um, I've done a whole study on this, and I'm not going to go super deep into this, but I, I wanted to talk about it just for a moment. The word honor, as we see in the New Testament, the Greek word for honor, it, it, it means this. It means to place a high value on. It means that, like, you're valuing them, right? And not just a little bit, but a high value. Like, they're important. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is kavod, and it means to give weight to somebody. Like, to give weight to something in your life is, is that it has weight in your life, right? It, it matters in your life. And so when we honor someone, that's what we're doing. We're honoring them by placing a high value on that person in our life. And we're giving weight to what they pr- bring to our lives. What they say, how they love us, how we interact with them, like, it has value and importance in our life. And this is what Paul's doing. And this is what we're called to do one to another. We see back in Romans chapter 12, in verse 10, we're told to do this. This isn't just like a suggestion, right? He says, be devoted to one another in love. So there's a devotion. That means if somebody, so we, we use a word around here that we want you to have authentic relationships here at New Hope. That's one of our um, values. And we use the phrase, that means you're gonna choose trust over suspicion, right? When, when you're not devoted to somebody and they do something that you're like, I don't know about that, like, and you will fill the gap with suspicion, because you're judging their intent and they wanted to hurt me or they're thinking that or whatever. Like, that's not devotion. Devotion to each other says, even though what you said didn't make sense to me or it came across like you're hurting me, I'm going to still choose trust over suspicion. I'm not going to fill that gap with suspicion. And then I'm going to go right to you and talk to you about it, right? I'm not going to go to other people. I'm going to honor you. He says, so honor one another above yourselves. Give weight to that person and choose to trust them, and then walk through something together, right? Just don't, just don't fill the gap of that relationship with suspicion, or with judgment, or uh, trying to judge motives. Like, walk into it, um, and when there's situations that arise, honor that person with a, with a, with a conversation, right? That's honoring to do, um, to give honor to. We, we see, actually, that biblical honor Honoring one another um, is countercultural. It really is countercultural. We still live in a society of classes. We still do. You know, like we think that we live in America and everybody's free and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, sort of. Yeah, we're all free, but we all still look at each other. And we still kind of judge each other from where we come from or maybe our family background or our, you know, financial situations or like we still live with that. 
And what Paul is saying about honoring one another, biblical honor looks way past social barriers. It does. It does. Actually, you see some names that are listed in this list, and it's pretty amazing when you see the names. Um, In the very last part, you see the name Tertius, right? He's the one that wrote this, transcribed this for Paul as he was giving the letter. His name literally means third. His name is third. Isn't that a great name? This is what scholars believe if if, um, we see throughout history the Greeks that had these kind of names. They were named that because they were a slave. They were actually born into slavery. And they weren't even given a name. They were given, well, you're third, and you're fourth, and you're fifth. And that was their actual name. And so we see in this list, there's slaves on this list. (laughs) People who grew up in slavery, that that grew up being servants, grew, grew up kind of the bottom the social ladder. And then in that same paragraph, you see, oh yeah, and also um, Erastus, the city treasurer, greets you. So you have, you have third, and you have Erastus, who was a city, like he was a huge leader in the community. Like he was an official, everybody knew who he was, he was taking care of the money in the entire city, like a big deal. See, the body of Christ, it pushes past social barriers, Everyone gets equal honor at the foot of the cross. Because we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like that is the reality that we see in this last chapter that he is honoring. And in saying that honor looks past social barriers, there were slaves, there were royalty, there were ministers and leaders and servants, people of different education, different levels of income, their physical appearance. There were Jews, there were Gentiles, different nations from the Middle East, Asia, and Europe. All these are listed in chapter 16. All of them being honored. All of them saying, greet them, hug them, invite them. They're a part of the church family. The reality is the more diverse the church, the more it looks like heaven. And I want to look as much like heaven as we can while we're on this earth. And so I'm grateful to have a church with that kind of diversity. People from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic situations, from, from different families of origin, from uh, all of it, right? That that is what biblical honor looks like. It pushes past social barriers. So if you come in here and you're racist, or you come in here and you're judgmental towards people that you don't quite understand, or if you come in here and you think yourself better than, you're not going to look like Christ you're actually going to create a culture that does not look like heaven. And so I would encourage you, start learning to live um, a little bit more in alignment with heaven so that you get ready for it. But if you don't like it, you're not going to like heaven. So when we talk about choosing to honor one another, we are devoted to one another. We're giving weight and valuing others right, in our lives, and we're pushing past social barriers, and having friends who don't look like us, don't live like us, may not even smell like us, right, like, that is what the family Christ looks like. Okay. We doing okay? So we all need good friends in God's family, and we choose to honor one another. We choose to walk into that and, um, and fill the gap when things happen with trust and love and grace and devotion to one another. Okay, this next one I might spend a little bit more time on. We'll see. Because um, we get into Romans 16, verses 17 through 20, 
And, um, and he does this side note. He goes from listing all these names, and all of a sudden there's just little like, oh yeah, by the way, be careful. And then back to listing names, right? And, um, and this is what he's saying. We all protect our church family, okay? We're going we're gonna to read this part. I didn't read it at the beginning, but um, Romans 16, um, starting in verse 17, it says this. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you may have learned. Keep away from them. <laughs> so, you know, he's making this whole list of like greeting each other. And then this is a little side note, like, oh, these people? Like, go, don't be around those folks. All right. And, and he describes who these type of people are, right? The ones that cause division, put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you've learned. He says, keep away from them. Verse 18, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people, right? These are the snake oil salesmen, right? They're, these are the people that are like, oh, yeah, you heard what they taught? No, 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 like, I have a better teaching, right? Or, oh, you thought this, and like, they're trying to flatter people and pull them away from God. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. When he says, I want you to be innocent and in what is evil, he, what he's saying is, I want you to be protected from evil. Like, I, 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 you need to be wise when evil shows up, and then innocent, meaning you're not going to behave in that way. You're not going to be dragged away by evil. You can be innocent because you didn't walk into it, right? You didn't walk into the manipulation. You didn't walk into somebody trying to pull you away from God's teaching. So this is a big deal. We all protect our church family. This is an all-skate. Anybody ever remember go roller skating, right? Okay, like, and you go, and like, it's like, oh, guy's time, you know, and the girls go out. No, this is all-skate. Everybody's out there. We're all in this together. This isn't just the pastors and elders are there to protect the church. Yes, that is a part of our calling. That's the biblical role of an elder and a pastor is to do that, but it's all of our calling. It's the whole church saying, watch out, because there are evil people with evil intent out there. And those evil people with evil intent go, come in here. I've seen it many, many times. We see that Paul in many of the New Testament letters, they wrote this, say, watch out for false teachers, right? Watch out for the wolves that come in to try to take the sheep. Watch out for Satan because he tries to get in, to penetrate, and to bring division. Like all of this is the enemy's work. And so we're told this all through the New Testament. If it was happening back then, it's still happening today, right? And some of you maybe have experienced that in churches in the past, have you been at a church where it's like, man, what the heck was going on there? Or you've seen that person, like even like when I just started talking about that slippery person, you know, that it's the person that, you know, both sides of the bread are buttered. They're just, they're really slippery, right? Like, like something's off and you're like, I don't know, I'm uncomfortable with this person. Like, what is the deal with them? Um, they're trying to do something that is based out of their own appetite. There's something in their ego. It might be narcissistic, right? They, they, they're about them. And they're trying to pull people away from truth to them or to their teaching or to, to, to manipulate, okay? We see that love promotes protection, right? If you love somebody, you're going to protect them. You th think about a father and a family. Um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before um, where you're asleep at night and all of a sudden you hear a noise, 
I don't know, I'm, I'm, let me talk to the dads in the room just for a moment. What do you do when that happens? Sleep through it. Sleep through it, okay. <laughs> and the mom's like, wake up, wake up. And they're like, well, all right. We'll have a conversation afterwards. All right, so. No. There's, there's something inside of us as parents that want to protect our kids, right? Like, there's a God-given thing there that it's like, you come and you're messing with my kid, excuse me, right? Like, uh-uh, that ain't happening, right? You, you can't do that. There's this protection thing that happens because it's driven by love. The people you love the most are the people you want to protect the most. And that's what happens inside the church. We love each other. We choose to love each other. So I, even if I don't know your whole story, if I don't know you very well, if you're part of this church, I'm going to protect you. If Satan comes and he's trying to bring in somebody who's bringing false teaching, if, he's bringing, if, if Satan's trying to come in to bring somebody with division, it's like, no, that's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen. When the whole herd shows up to save one, um, that one gets saved. Uh, there's a video from a long time ago, I don't know how many years ago this was, uh, uh, that um, I saw online. There was a, a, a bunch of people on a safari in Africa, and all these water buffalo were by the watering hole, and, um, and one of the calves got pulled away. And actually, an alligator started pulling it into the water, and then all of a sudden, these lions showed up, and the lions are trying to pull it back out of the water, and it's this calf that's being attacked on both sides, on all sides. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. If you, if you go through something like that by yourself, you won't survive. You won't. Here's the cool thing. I just want you to watch this video, okay? Watch what happens in this video. So it's a little grainy. It's an old video. So the calf, this little calf, is being pulled into the water by an alligator. The lines are pulling it out, and you're going to see what happens. Go ahead and watch this. Oh, they're going to come and try and chase the lion, but I think they're too late. I think you're right. They're way too late now. They're too late. You're too late. Whoa. He swatted at him and kicked at him. He's kicking at him. Look. He's kicking at him. Ooh. Ooh. He's standing up. Isn't that crazy? Oh, you can clap for it, absolutely. That's the picture of the church, y'all. When one of ours gets attacked, we fight. We protect each other. We don't let the enemy come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And that is all of our job, to make sure the enemy doesn't get any footholds, that he can't come and try to grab you and pull you into the water, pull you back out and attack and, and tear you to pieces. If you are by yourself, you are going to be attacked. And I always say, a, a part of the body that's disconnected from the body and is away from it is dead meat. Because <laughs> the enemy is, he's prowling around, 
looking for someone on their own to attack. Listen, if you're part of our church, I'm not going to let that happen. If you're part of our church, your pastors and elders are not going to let that happen. And if you are part of this church, you're not going to let that happen, right? We fight together against the enemy because he, um, he's already doomed. He's already done. He's already been crushed. His sentence has been given. And so we don't need to be afraid of him. We need to step up in the confidence God has given us by the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, and the Word of God. Amen? Amen. And so that's why we say, know the Word of God. Because when the enemy comes, that's how you attack him. He cannot argue truth. He is full of lies. And so when we see people that might come up that look like this, Paul was very blunt. He said, watch out for these people and stay away from them, right? There's a difference between... I want us to understand this. There's a difference between somebody who has evil intent and somebody who's just a sinner, okay? You're going to have people who show up at church here whose lives are just messy, right? And they are coming in, and they may be, like, hurting some people, but they're not doing it out of evil intent. They're doing it out of ignorance. They're doing it because their life is just messy. They're doing it because they still don't know how to relate with other people and love, and they're still trying to figure that out. I'm not talking about those people, because those people, what they need is love, right? They, they need loved, accepted, and brought into the grace of God, and they need, you know, spiritual people to walk beside them, to help them learn God's Word, and walk into the freedom of putting off the old self and putting on the new. So people who struggle with sin, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who have evil intent, right? We're talking about the people who are narcissistic. So let me, let me, let me say it this way. I think, did I put the list up here? Oh, no, that's verse 20. Ha, <laughs> I forgot this one. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Under whose feet? Your feet. What? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. That's who's with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one, right? No one. We're told to avoid those with evil intent. Here's how you know that there is evil intent, okay? Number one, they're just evil people, okay? <laughs> like, when you see somebody, and there's just, have you ever met somebody where you're like, yeah, you're just evil. Like, everything you say is just oozing with evil, like with darkness, with hatred, with all sorts of ugly, with like, I would say just avoid those people people who are attackers, meaning that is what they always do. They always attack. They're constantly attacking. Avoid those people. Manipulators, right? People who are always trying to get their way with their own appetite to try to control you to do what they want you to do, right? Those are manipulators. Avoid those people. He says divisive people. That's a big one all through the New Testament letters. It's like if somebody's being divisive, that is Satan, it just is. That is his goal, is to split and divide. Um, people who are gossips, I would avoid those people because they're not spreading anything good. <laughs> if you're gossiping, it's not like, oh, I got some juicy tidbits. Let me tell you something really amazing about people, right? That's usually not what's going on, right? It's like, oh, I got a juicy tidbit. Did you hear about... Right? And when you're gossiping, if that's you, if you're if you're a gossip, just so you know, the thing you're actually wanting to feel is important. And you're actually making yourself less important by gossip. 
it doesn't accomplish what you actually want. He says, avoid people who intentionally pull you away from God, his truth, and God's purpose for your life. Like, avoid these people. I think I do have these on a slide. No, no, no. Identify and avoid wolves. That's what I'm talking about. Like, he tells us to identify, right? Watch out for those who cause divisions. So watch out. Look for them. Label them. Know who they are. Then he says, put, and they're putting obstacles in, in your way. For such people are not serving Christ, but their own appetites. So watch out for them. Identify them and just avoid them. I love how Titus says it. In the book of Titus, we see it just very clear. Oh, there is my list. All right. I told you I was medicated, right? Okay. So avoid evil, attackers, manipulators, divisive people, gossips, people who intentionally pull you away from God, his truth, and his purpose for your life. Like, if, the, if that's what they're doing, avoid them. Just go away from them. It says this in Titus 3. It says, warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. Some people say, well, that doesn't sound very Christian. Shouldn't we just love them? Like, you can still love them at a distance. You don't have to have anything to do with them to still love them, right? You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful and they are self-condemned. We see this in Scripture. There are healthy boundaries you can put into place from people who act like this and take you down this, these pathways. It says, warn them once, maybe warn them a second time, but after that, I'm done. I'm putting up a barrier. You're not allowed in my life any longer because all you're doing is causing turmoil. You're not leading me closer to Christ. You're leading me away from Christ. If you've ever heard that teaching before. So the questions are, are they trying to help me grow or are they tearing others down? Are they tearing me down? What is their intent? So be careful because there are wolves out there. Look for the people who are um, worthy of honor. Look for the people who you can greet (laughs) in the name of the Lord and pull them in. Bring them close to you. Make good friends with them. But be careful about the divisive person. Be careful about the evil person. Be careful with those who manipulate control and create a boundary where necessary. This is this is what Paul is sharing in Romans chapter 16. And um, so I want to pray. I just want to spend some time in prayer here because we're going to do something actually to show some honor in just a moment. And I'm going to invite the whole church to, to actually pray for our leaders in just a moment. Um, but I want us to pray and maybe spend some time for you to wrestle with with these things personally. Um, So God, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for it being full of truth. Thank you for... Thank you for these words and the encouragement, the challenge of what the body of Christ should look like. It should be one of the best places. I mean, it should be a place where we experience love, acceptance, warmth, hospitality, where we greet each other as friends, as, as we walk beside others who struggle, that we can encourage them. And when we struggle, 
They encourage us. A place where we are safe. So God, I'm praying, would you help us continue to be a church like that? And that we can experience those things together. I just want to take just a few moments of challenge for us. Um, I just have a few questions. The first ones are hard. Are there ways that you are dishonoring others? Are you one of those people who you have a tendency to, to tear down other people? Are you somebody who gossips and talks behind people's back and, and don't actually do the right thing, which is actually talk to that person face to face? Are you someone who creates division or has a tendency to try to manipulate others? If that's you, just so you know, there's hope for you. But if that's you, you have to repent. You have to be real with God about it. You have to be real with yourself and you have to seek repentance and forgiveness of your sin and choose to find some people who you can be honest with about those tendencies who will show you love and help you walk into freedom Okay, There's, you're, not, you're not lost and gone forever if that's you. But you have to humble yourself. And the good thing is when we humble ourselves before God, he lifts us up. He teaches us. He heals us. But it starts with humility in his presence. So that's the first group of people I wanted to challenge Second question, how are you proactively showing honor to others? What do you do intentionally to honor those around you? To give weight to them in your life, to speak life into them. <clears throat> what are you doing to show honor to others? And for those of you who are hurting and being hurt by people continually, if that's you, what do you need to do to create a boundary with that, with that person or that individual? And just so you know, we have, um, we have counseling here. We have mentors here at New Hope who have helped a lot of people walk through a lot of these things. And if you need help with that, if you know that you're being controlled or manipulated and that's like you don't know how to break free from that, I would encourage you, just mark, mark counseling. You're interested in counseling on that Connect card call us at the church. Pastor Jim would love to meet with you and help you walk through that to find freedom. So if that's you, I would encourage you to take a step as well. Here's the bottom line as we end the book of Romans. And here's the reality for every single one of us. We all need Jesus. That's the point. <laughs> that's the point of Romans. We all need Jesus. We can't get by on our own, with our own strength. We can't be saved by our own good works. We can't climb the ladder to heaven. We can't become a good person in our own strength. We need Jesus. And today, if you don't know Jesus and you're trying on your own, I would invite you today to invite Jesus into your life. That's the only way for salvation, to be saved is of what God has done through Son Jesus Christ. He sent His Son to live a perfect life, 
who then died as a perfect sacrifice on the cross to pay for our sins. And then he conquered death itself and rose again. And if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus is God's son and he did that for us, we will be saved. We can walk into that freedom and forgiveness. And if that's you, that's my invitation to you today. And I would say, pray with me right now if that's you. If you need to take that step, if you want to walk into forgiveness and you want to walk into a family who looks like this, that's what heaven looks like. And when you become a follower of Christ and Christ enters into you and the Holy Spirit starts changing you, you start to look a little bit more like heaven every day. And that is a good thing. Amen? So if that's you, I'm going to pray right now. And if you want Jesus, I'm going to say, join me in this prayer. Make it your own words. There's no prayer of the pastor that gets any closer to Jesus. It is your own prayer and your own confession. So right now, let's all bow our heads. And if you know somebody who needs Jesus, maybe right now you are praying for that person who needs Jesus, that God would be calling their name and moving in their hearts. But if that's you and you want a relationship with God and forgiveness of sins, right now, let's just pray. You can say this, God, I know I'm not perfect and that I'm a sinner and that I can't deal with my own sin. I can't make my own sin right before you. And so I'm asking, Father, would you forgive me of my sins? I confess that Jesus died on the cross so that I can be forgiven and that he rose again and I can be risen to new life with you and have a relationship with you now and forever in the freedom from sin. And so today I give you my life, God. I give you my heart. Enter into me and give me your Holy Spirit. And I just ask this only in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If that's you and you prayed that, like, we want to know about it, you can find one of us afterwards. You won't find me because I'm heading home right now. But like, <laughs> if find one of our pastors, we would love to pray for you. I would encourage you, mark your connect card. Any decision you ever make, we would love to know so we can pray for you. And that way, too, we know how we can help you if that's getting you plugged into a group or connected with other Christ followers to find friendship and encouragement. We have all those things for you here, okay? And we want to help you in that. We're going to end the gathering a little bit differently, okay? And um, I'm going to ask uh, the elders and the trustees, if you guys can come up here, I'm going to stay.